If you're keeping up online, just another huge week uh, at the building, just tons of changes as flooring's going down and um, walls are f- finishing being painted and uh, Paul Smith and his boys working all the time, Joe Chadwick. Uh, we had a, a big group come out on Thursday to help us move some things around. Uh, Gary brought Klondike bars, so it was an awesome, awesome week at the building. We got more great things coming up there. I, I know not all of you follow me or us on social media, so I brought some pictures. Uh, again, this week, uh, this is the flooring that's, that went down in the hall. Isn't that nice? I picked that out. I picked that out. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't pick anything out, but... I told the person who picked it out I was going to take credit for everything that people liked, and I was going to blame her for anything that people didn't like, but uh, uh, ceiling grids going in in the hallway, ceiling grids and flooring going in in the main auditorium, so it's just flying by and coming together so quickly. Uh, If you weren't here last week, you didn't kind of get the details. As I said earlier, the 20th is our final service here, and then the 27th is our first service over at the other building, we'd love for all of you to help us come celebrate uh, that day. Interesting, uh, next week is two years since we did our public launch, and uh, we'll celebrate that next Sunday. Just all the incredible things we've seen God do over the past two years and the, the incredible things we expect God to keep doing in the next two years and 10 years and, and 20 years uh, that are coming. But One of the things we realize, or hopefully we realize, is there's this huge opportunity that God's putting in front of us. Uh, God is trusting us with a really big moment in the life of our church, a really big moment to be able to meet and influence and help people come to know Jesus. Uh, On the one hand, there's just the simple curiosity of opening a new building, no matter who you are, there's just people who want to come see and they're curious and, and they hear people talking about it, so they want to come check it out. That's, that's going to happen, but beyond that, there is this huge opportunity to introduce people to Jesus and, and introduce people to a church family, maybe people who have left church for whatever reason or got burned by church or are not sure church is where they belong. And, and those, some of those people are going to show up after we make this transition. So we're talking about, we're kind of having this family discussion that I'm inviting all of you into to say, look, let's honor that opportunity. Let's be ready for that opportunity. And, and specifically, we're, we've pulled out this word that the New Testament uses a lot, but I, I've, I haven't heard a lot of messages on it. It's the word hospitality. It's a, it's a New Testament word. It's a, it's a word in the Bible. Last, work, last week we said that the biblical word translated hospitality is really two words pushed together. It's the word phileo, which means love in the way that you love your friends, like relationships, like close friendship type of love relationships. Mashed up against the word, the Greek word xeno, which means other, like foreigner, a person you don't know, or stranger, a person that's not like you. So the idea of hospitality is caring about, loving, building relationships with people you don't already know. Loving in a friend way somebody that's not yet your friend. Because if you do that, they may become your friend. Or they may connect to other friends. And so a command of the New Testament 
is that we show hospitality to one another. And, and last week we talked about the idea that there's a personal responsibility there. Like each one of us have a personal responsibility to obey this command of hospitality. To say, hi, my name is. Have I met you before? Can I help you? Do you need anything? Where do your kids go to school? Building a bridge with somebody that's new to our church to send the message to them. You know what? You could belong here. You could be a part of this. We would love for you to come just be one of us. Come be a part of what God is doing here. You could find friends here. You could find a place here. And a lot of people are just looking for a place. Just looking for a place that they feel like they could belong. Hospitality says, yeah, we could be those people. We would love for you to belong here. So there's the personal responsibility. But then the the Bible and the passage we're going to read today says there's also a collective responsibility. Like organizationally, like we as a group, there are ways that we can demonstrate hospitality beyond just individuals, but the way we organize ourselves, the way we go about ministry as a church. We're, we're, we're digging through this little passage in 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, it's almost at the end of your Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, you want to find it there. 1 Peter is written by... Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus, he, he walked with Jesus when Jesus was here on earth. Uh, he did some incredible things. He made some very bold, awesome statements, and he also messed things up a lot. Like Every time he said something right, he'd turn around and say something wrong. Uh, every time he did something great that Jesus says, hey, that was great, he'd turn around and do something terrible that Jesus would have to get on to him about. So Peter is one of us, right? Like Peter is you and me because that's who we are. We do some good things and we do some, why did I do that sort of things? And through all of those, what Peter discovered was Jesus was always faithful and consistent and always offered his grace and forgiveness anytime he messed up and let Peter start over again. So we're Peter, really. Peter's writing this letter to Christians that are in a bunch of different places. A persecution had come on believers, and so they had scattered to a lot of different cities and a lot of different places. And so Peter writes this, hoping that it'll get circulated to Christians everywhere. And eventually, he didn't know it, but it was going to be circulated to Loganville, Georgia, and we're going to be talking about it in August of 2017. Here's what Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. <clears throat> Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So, personal command, right? Be hospitable and don't complain about it. Like, don't grumble about it. Really be hospitable. Then more of a collective command when he says, use your gifts to serve, to show hospitality to other people. Now, we could get way deep in the weeds on this gifts idea, and we will at some point. It's a great subject. It's one of my favorite subjects. For today, uh, let's think of it in this way. Often people will say, man, God has really gifted you 
in some particular area. Like they look at you and they look at what you do and, and where you serve and what your, your talents are and they say, man, God has really gifted you. Now the Bible speaks about not just, not just normal talents, but, but God empowering us with effectiveness in specific areas. And the Bible says that's not for just really important Christian people. The Bible says Everyone who follows Jesus has this sort of empowering in some areas, this effectiveness. Like There are things you're really, really good at. There are things that because of your personality, your experience, your background, your, your, your natural gifts, combined with what God's Spirit is doing in you, you have a, a particular effectiveness in some areas. Sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that because the areas that we're really effective in in some ways, they come kind of natural to us. And so we feel like, well, anybody could do what I'm doing. Like, I'm really not doing that much. But other people look at you and go, God, I could never do that. It's amazing what you do. Sometimes we minimize our own giftedness because we think, well, it's really not that hard. It's just kind of what I do. But the reason it's not hard for you, the reason you're so effective is because God's giving that to you. God's giving you this effectiveness. And the Bible says every follower of Jesus has this in them. So Peter comes along, along with Paul and some other letters. Peter comes along and says, look, take that and use it for God's kingdom. Not just personally, not just individually. Employ what God's put in you into the kingdom of God in the local church, like organizationally, and what the church is trying to accomplish in the mission of the kingdom of God, you need to be doing something with that. The New Testament never gives permission for people to just be attenders at church. I don't want to make you mad, but like there's no place in the New Testament where it says, it's okay just to attend a church. And I know you're visiting and you're trying to figure out, is this the right place or not? I know we go through those seasons we're, we're not jumping in as much because we're trying to find out, is this the right place? I totally get that. But once God has said, look, this is the place for you, the New Testament basically says, okay, now go to work. Like, there's a, you've got something to do here. You, you have a giftedness. You have an effectiveness. And you really need to put that into play. So we've got two things going with hospitality. My personal responsibility and then our collective responsibility through our ministries. Last week when we talked about hospitality, we talked about how at my house when we have guests, like we go into super-duper cleaning mode, right? Our house is generally clean anyway. My, my wife keeps things really organized and stays on top of us, makes sure we don't destroy anything. But if you're coming over, like it's a whole nother level of getting ready. Um, that's saying to our guests, like, we not only wanted you to come, we prepared for you to come. When it comes to churches, when it comes to the kingdom and organizations like ours, there is a difference between being open to guests and being ready for guests. Like, those are two different things. There's hardly any church anywhere that you would go to and they would say, oh, they would say, oh we don't want any guests at our church. Like, we, we don't want new people at our church. Now, they may act that way. You may go in and think, oh, they don't want new people at their church. But if you ask them, they would say, yeah, we're open to guests. We, we like for guests to come. But there's a difference between being open to guests and getting ready for them and, and, and communicating to them, hey, look, we were expecting you. We want you here. We prepared 
for you being here. And I think that's a little bit of what Peter is saying when he says, look, find somewhere to plug in. Find somewhere to serve so that organizationally, systematically, consistently, you're demonstrating hospitality to the people that come and visit your church. I have come to grips with what happens with my talking. It took me a long while to figure this out, but I've dealt with it, been to therapy. I got this all worked out, and here's what I know. I know that in six months, you will completely forget everything I've said today, right? It's just part of being the, the talker at church. Is that I, for some of you, it's not six minutes. It's like before you get out of the parking lot. What did he talk about today? Like, I, I know. This is what pastors deal with is that we spend all this time getting ready to talk, and like you never remember it. You just have to accept that if you're the talker. So here, we're spending these couple of weeks on hospitality, and I know that given a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you're not going to remember any of this. But here's what I know. I know if you sign up to serve somewhere, that every time you're on the schedule, you're going to be reminded of your role in hospitality. It's going to be systematized, right? Maybe that's a bad word, but... But it's, it, there's going to be this consistent reminder on the calendar. Oh, I'm at guest services today. That's right. I got to be. I, I got to demonstrate hospitality. Oh, I'm a greeter today. I'm an usher today. I, I'm working in kids ministry today. There's something about signing up that is going to jog your memory that you are commanded to be someone who shows hospitality. So this is what we need. I'm just going to be honest. All right. It's too late to leave the building. This is what we're going for today. We need people to sign up and show up. When it comes to hospitality, not just to say, well, I'm going to do it when I feel like it. Not just to say, well, I'll, you know, I'll talk to some people. We need people who will sign up and show up and say, look, I'm on the team. I'm going to be in my spot. I'm going to be the face of journey. I- I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus to people when they come in. I'm going to sign up and show up, and we don't need you to do one or the other, right? We don't need you to sign up and not show up. Like If you're not going to show up, just don't sign up. And-, and we don't need you to show up without signing up. We don't need you to show up and say, okay, put me where you need me. Well, we didn't know you were going to come and be ready, and we've already got everybody in their position. We need you to sign up, and we need you to show up and demonstrate hospitality through the ministries of our church. Now, why? Why is this important? Why is serving and giftedness and using what God has given you important? A couple of reasons. One reason Peter addresses this is to honor the grace and gifts God has given us. This is what Peter writes. We read it a minute ago. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Paul makes similar arguments. And basically he's saying, look, God's poured a lot into you, like his spirit, his grace, forgiveness, giftedness. Like God's put all of this in you, and all of that comes with a responsibility. Like you have a responsibility with that. God's called you to be in the kingdom and be a part of what the kingdom is doing. And therefore, you have a responsibility to serve in a way that allows somebody else to come into the kingdom, allows somebody else to find out what you found out, allows somebody else to receive the forgiveness of Jesus that you've already received. Serving in this way honors the grace and the gifts that God's put within 
you. There's a responsibility there. Another reason. Another reason we serve. The nature of being a servant is serving. That's profound. I, I know. The nature of being a servant is serving. In the Bible, no one is ever called CEO. Do you realize that? Like nobody's ever given the title of president in the Bible. There's not a vice president. There's not a manager. N nobody gets a corner office in the New Testament. Nobody. You know what we're called? We're called servants. Jesus is in the upper room. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to share the Lord's Supper with His disciples in just a few minutes. He's going to get arrested. He's going to die. He's going to rise again. All of that's coming up. But right before all of that, Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. The lowest form of serving anyone could engage in. The dirtiest, filthiest, nastiest service Anybody in the household could ever engage in, Jesus engages in that service, and then he says to his followers, as I have served you, so you are to serve one another. And, and it wasn't Jesus saying that you should wash each other's feet all the time, even though that's a, that's a fine symbolic thing to do. Jesus was saying, I was willing to do the dirtiest of work to honor you. Now, you be willing to do anything to honor one another. You, you be willing to serve in any way that's necessary because we're not CEOs in the kingdom. We're not presidents in the kingdom. We're servants in the kingdom. And the nature of a servant is to serve. Serving like hospitality is doing something. It's not thinking about it. I like so many things in spiritual life. It's not, yeah, I know that, or I did a Bible study on that, or I, I really like that. It's, no, I did something about serving. I actually served. I actually showed hospitality. Another reason we serve. Every act of service, no matter how mundane, is an opportunity to bring glory to God. Every act of service. What we think as the most meaningless and mundane to what we think is, oh, that's the really important one. And everything in between is an opportunity for God to get glory. This is how Peter writes about it. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. In other words, some are gifted in teaching and, and leading groups and teaching Bible studies. And Peter says, look, you need to take that seriously. You need to feel the weight of that. That is not a small thing. If you teach in Journey Kids, if you're, if you're leading boys and girls spiritually, if you're shaping their hearts for Jesus, if you're, if you're leading a student small group and you're helping teenagers walk through that period of their life, like you need to take that seriously. If you're leading a community group here at, at Journey or whatever church you attend, Peter's saying, like, you need to feel the weight of that. That's really serious. That's really important. That's a big deal. If you speak... Realize this is a big act of service, and he segues right into if anyone serves, in other words, if it's, if it's not teaching, if it's more of a hands-on service, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, which if you've ever served, you know that's important because some days you just don't feel like serving. 
And like some days you don't feel like getting here early or staying late or doing all the little things that have to be done in order that we can have a worship service and so that guests could come in and feel welcome. You don't always feel like doing all those things. And so Peter says, remember, you're not doing this in your strength. You're doing this in God's strength. And sometimes you're going to have to call on his strength to make it through. And then he says, so that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. No matter how you serve, if you're teaching, if you're doing the most basic mundane act that helps the church and the kingdom move forward, all of those things are for the glory of God. Like God gets glory out of that. Whether, whether anybody else here sees you do it or not, whether anybody else sees you take out the trash or not, Peter says, God is getting glory out of that. And like, I, I know when we ask for volunteers at church, like I, I realize that you don't get a pay increase based on volunteering at church. Like I get it. Like you're, it doesn't affect your 401K. I, I totally understand. The stock market doesn't go up and down based on our service. You don't get a better office or, or a new title or a promotion. You don't get any of that. I totally get it. What we get, though, is we get to engage with eternity. Like, we get to touch things that are going to matter forever and ever and ever. If you're a part of helping a guest feel comfortable here, and that person decides to come back the next week and the next week, and they eventually give their life to Christ... That matters forever and ever and ever. If every week you're dealing with seven-year-olds and you want to pull your hair out sometime, right, if you have hair, and you're just stressed because it's seven-year-olds, and week after week, like you just teach them Jesus and you just point them to Jesus and just help them know that Jesus loves them. And as a nine-year-old, one of them commits their life to Christ and is baptized. That matters forever and ever, and ever. That's what Peter's saying. No, you don't get 401K. But this is one place that when you serve, when you use your gifts, it matters forever. It matters for all of eternity. So why wouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we jump in and say, yes, I want to be a part of people moving towards Jesus. I want to be a part of people taking steps towards Jesus. So there's kind of a spiritual, theological framework. But just to be honest, this is the season that we're in. Let me just talk to you practically. Let me just be honest from a practical perspective. Our new, our new building demands that we up our volunteer game. It just does. And there are a lot of changes that go with a new building and, and, and new rooms and new ways of doing things. But one of the most important things is we've just got to elevate our volunteer game when we make this move. One, because as we've said, people are going to be curious. People are going to show up and we want to be ready. Secondly, the building itself... It just requires more people. I brought a drawing. Uh, if you haven't been over there, um, this doesn't show you much. But uh, this is kind of sort of almost the layout of the way things are going to be. It's enough for me to say the way the building works, we're going to need more greeters. I mean, here, here's what happens for two and a half years. 
we've all come through those double doors right back there, right? 99.9% of us, every Sunday we go in and out of those two doors right back there. You all came in those two doors, you're going to go out those two doors. So it's pretty easy to position greeters right there, right? There's one space, everybody's coming. At the new building, we have entrances on both sides. So not only do we need more greeters, we need twice as many greeters when we make this move. We need twice as many people who hold doors open and greet people and smile. Just practical, right? Like I can't find scripture and verse for that. I'm just telling you, the way the building is, we just got to have more people. Uh, Parking people. Basically, we funnel everybody right back here, right? Parking's going to be spread out at the other building. I can go ahead and kind of get you ready for that a little bit today. In the front, <clears throat> uh, handicap, first-time guests, what looks like the front when you drive up, first-time guests, and if you are physically unable to make it up the ramp in the back, if you don't know what we're talking about, you have that to look forward to. There's this nice, this nice little ramp in the back, um, just good, good little cardio workout to get there. It's, if physically you're not able to do that, we want you to park in the front. There's going to be spaces there. Park. Then we've got to direct other people to the back. And thanks to E.R. Snell, we've got a, some gravel that's been spread. So we're going to have more parking in the back. What I'm saying is one person can direct people back here. We've got to have more bodies to make sure everybody gets in and out safely because of the way the traffic flow is going to work at the new building. It's just practical. It's practical things that you and I have to keep an eye on. Ushers, we got those two doors. I'm guessing every one of you came into this room through those two doors, right? You had to run the gauntlet of ushers right there, right? And said hi, and they smiled, and they gave you stuff, and welcomed you into our service. We're going to have multiple ways into the auditorium. Again, I don't know how spiritual this is. I'm just telling you practically. We got to up our game when it comes to volunteers. We got to have more people say, you know what, I'll use my gifts. I'll use my gifts. That doesn't seem hard. It doesn't seem like doing a lot, but it's doing a lot if you're a first time guest. All of our heirs, our kids' ministry, we need more people. We need more volunteers. You received this when you came in, all right? So you should have known this moment was coming, all right? So pull this out. Pull this out. Let me just kind of walk through some of these so you understand what these are. We mentioned greeters, right? Great way to be on the front lines of hospitality is being a greeter. Guest services, same thing. You get to meet a lot of first-time guests. You get to give them our nice coffee mug and say, thanks for coming. Hope you'll come back. Uh, Coffee bar. People love coffee, right? All right. Great way to meet people, have conversations, smile, welcome people to our church. Wonderful ways to be a part of hospitality, at our church. Parking team, I've already talked about, we just got to have more people. We got to have more bodies there. Ushers, got to have more bodies, got to have more people, all right? T- older teens, you can do this stuff too, right? This isn't just for adults. Older teens, you'd be great. Uh, college students, you would be great. Um, uh, security, right? We need more bodies. We got to spread some people out, and security is just walking around and just making sure everything's working all right. Uh, clean up. If you say, hey, I will hang out for a little while after services and make sure things aren't destroyed and make sure things get picked up. Uh, our audiovisual, running sound, running lyrics. Um, we kind of had the strobe effect going on back here, so we've we got to get that fixed. But uh, we need people. We need more bodies. Um, family ministry. 
Huge, huge needs in our Journey Kids ministry. We have huge needs for teachers and leaders and people who will be a part of large group worship and people who help with kids check in. Not just on Sunday morning, we have this fabulous Wednesday night program called Kids Life. Fabulous. It's been incredible over the past year. But we need more people who invest an hour and a half a week in kids who invest a little bit of time each week in helping kids come to know Jesus and know what his plan and purpose is for their life. We need more people in our family ministry. Uh, Student small group leaders, uh, they meet on Wednesday nights. They have their session, then they break out into small groups and spend some time together. If you want to help plan special events for youth or children or handle some of the administrative duties, like when they have to have permission slips and all those little details. We, we could use some people in that area. Other opportunities are foster family care teams. We have two fully staffed foster family care teams staffed with volunteers who surround a foster care family, pray for them, encourage them, uplift them, Take them a meal once a week. They divide it up among the group. You don't have to take a meal every week yourself. But they divide it up among the group. If there are needs, either they meet those needs or they let us know, hey, this family's having this need. Can the church help with that? Great, incredible ministry. We are ready to go with team number three. We just need a few more people who will be a part of it. Just need a few more people who say, yeah, I'll give some of my time. We're not at a spot where we can foster, but we can be a support for somebody who is fostering. Uh, So foster family care team is a great way to get plugged into ministry. Community service, if you want to help us in schools or in the local community, ways that we do outreach. Administrative team is our group that comes here on Monday mornings. And they go through all of the connection cards that people have filled out. They make sure our prayer team gets the prayer request. They make sure we get information so we can follow up on guests. Uh, If there are questions, they make sure those get answered or they get to us so we can answer them. Huge need right there as well because when we move into this new building, we're going to have a lot more people and a lot more connection cards and a lot more information to manage. Let me make a couple of practical comments first, and then we're going to be done. Some practical comments about this. Most of our hospitality ministry and most of our serving ministry takes place on Sunday mornings when we're all here for worship. Most of them, not all of them. Most of them do. You can't do five different ministries all on Sunday morning, right? There's not enough of you, right? Just, you probably didn't know this, but as of right now, you can only be in one place at a time. Science is going to fix that, and we're going to be able to clone ourselves. It's going to be great someday. Today, August 2017, you can only be one place at a time, which means you, you can't serve in multiple places on the same Sunday. Now, you could serve one place this Sunday and a different place the next Sunday, but just the way scheduling works, you can't do four of that, right? So you can't do... Coffee bar and greeters and guest services and teach kids ministry. All of that's not going to work. It's, it's a, your calendar, our calendar is going to get all jumbled up. So pray about, think about what's the one or two, maybe three, depending on when it meets, areas that I can fully commit to. I can fully give myself to. And when it's my Sunday to be there, I can be there. All right. So just realize you can't be more than one place at a time. Second thing to realize, 
None of our volunteer areas are life sentences. Right? You, you can be paroled from a volunteer area. Right? I mean, you have to go before a parole hearing, but once you clear that, then we'll let you out. I'm just kidding. If it's not right for you, if you get in there and go, oh, this isn't what I thought it was, and I'm not really good at this, then we don't want you there. Okay, I mean, if I can just be honest, like, we don't want you doing that if you're not good at it. So, so we'll come alongside you and say, all right, where, what else would you want to try? Right, let's try something else. Just don't just drop out, but, you know, yeah, give that up. This is not a life sentence when you serve. And for some of us, we, we've got to kind of try a few things to find out our sweet spot. And like, this is really what I love to do. And that's okay. Nobody's going to be mad at you. If you try something and it's not the right thing and you want to try something else, nobody's going to be mad at you. Third thing, we're not going to throw you to the wolves if you sign up to be a volunteer. All right? We're not going to say, okay, this is your Sunday, go. We're going to talk you through it. We're going to partner you with some people who have been doing whatever it is so that you can learn from them. August 26th, the Saturday before our first service, we're having a volunteer training from 9 to 11. We're going to feed you breakfast. We're going to all come together. We're going to talk about the schedule and the calendar and how the computer stuff works. We're going to let you go to your areas and figure it out and see where you're going to stand and what's the best place and all those little details. We're going to take a couple of hours and just let you get comfortable with the new place. And especially if you're just signing on to volunteer, I encourage you to try to be there. But everybody, really. But if you're just signing on, it's a great place to meet people, which is one of the best things about volunteering is you get to meet people that you wouldn't meet just coming in and going out. You get to be a part of a team and you get to learn names and you get to work with other people. It's a great way to feel like this is your home. So be one of us. Jump in with us. Sign up and show up. Stop putting it off. And, and, and if you're here and you say, well, like, this is my first Sunday. Too bad. Like, <laughs> like, you should have waited till we went to the new building and I wouldn't harass you. But you came here before we went over there, so too bad. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Sign up, all right? <laughs> like, seriously. You don't have to be here six months to be a greeter. Like, you don't have to be here a year to be an usher. You could, you could, you could sign up today. So I'm going to pray. You're going to fill out the form, and then we're going to take them up after I pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you give us stuff to do. The, the kingdom would be kind of boring if we just got baptized and that was it. The, the kingdom would probably even be boring if we got baptized and then we just learned a bunch of stuff, even though I like learning and I like teaching. Thank you that you, you say, no, there's stuff to do. Get your hands dirty. Get involved. And I pray you'd help us. We're at this incredibly pivotal point as we, as we relocate. And as we said last week, that building is not going to welcome anybody. People have to do that. That building is not going to build relationships or friendships. That building is not going to smile at anybody. It's not going to shake anybody's hand. People have to do that. We, we have to be an extension of your hospitality and your love.
to other people. So help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you're filling that out, I'm going to come around and check your papers in just a second. Uh, our ushers are coming. Here's what we want you to do. Uh, this, this isn't our offering. We're going to take our offering in just a second. Once you've finished filling it out, just pass it to one end of the row or the other, whichever end you're closest to. Just send it down. And uh, they've got little baskets, and they'll just put all of them in there. And then speaking of our administrative team, they're going to be working with all of these tomorrow morning. So that's why we need more help with them. Um, so, yeah, when you're done, just send those down. I know some of you may still be praying and thinking about it. That's okay. We'll, we'll have sheets available next week too. <clears throat> if they came by too quickly, then uh, just on your way out, hand it to one of the ushers. That's fine as well. We're going to worship God in, in our giving, in our generosity. Uh, and it's just as much of worship as our singing is or our teaching is or our commitments are is, is honoring God by being generous. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the generosity of Journey. And some of you don't know our story, but I mean, going back to the very beginning, these people have been such generous givers. We, we don't have some outside mothership that's like pumping funds into us, if you were wondering. Um, we don't have a denomination that's like sponsoring us. Everything that we've ever done as Journey has been in relationship to the generosity of the people who worship here. The people who worship here are faithful to do what God says for them to do in giving. And then we take that and we do ministry. That's how it is here. That's how it's going to be at the new building. That's how it's always going to be. Um, although if you've got a rich friend and they want to drop a million, I, I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, saying God's people have been so faithful. And thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, I ask that you do what God puts on your heart this morning. The ushers are going to come and give us that opportunity. God, uh, thank you. We, we can't help but get a little nostalgic as we near our two-year launch anniversary and then as we near moving out of this facility. And One of the things I'm so grateful for is just that your people believed in what you were doing here and they were generous towards that end. And help us to continue to be so. Help us to be wise in our resources and what we do with it, but, but help us to always be generous. I pray it in Jesus' name.
still somebody that you could say, hi, my name is, to before you leave? I'm guessing you haven't met everybody. I'm guessing there's still somebody you could say, hi, my name is. So don't don't take this off yet. Keep it on until you get to the car. Just take it off before you put your shirt in the washing machine. That's all I ask. We'd love for you to be back next week and the next week uh, as we close out God's ministry here at this place, celebrate what he's done, and then get ready for a new season of ministry. Come back and join us the next couple of weeks. And then our big first Sunday on August 27th, love for you to come be a part of that. God, go with us. Let us not just on Sunday, but every day be ministers of hospitality, loving the other, loving the stranger, loving the foreigner, loving those outside of our current circle, loving them towards Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.